Welcome everyone tuning in to the hashtag stories of healing podcast episode seven. The focus of the podcast is to share a story and dive into the healing process within that challenging time in life. The story could be about pain, struggle, anxiety, depression, a heartbreak, loss of employment, trauma, or any specific challenge that brought a tough experience to overcome. Stories of Healing is here to inspire, motivate, help others lift and rise up through their past or present struggles by listening in and connecting with the special guest who tunes into sharing their story of healing and how they overcame their battle. What was their healing process? That being said, good evening and welcome everyone. Today's special guest is entrepreneur and business coach at Big Dream Executive Coaching, Barbara Fonti. Barbara works with entrepreneurs and business leaders to help them achieve astonishing results. Barbara is an expert in the field of mental fitness and the X factor for peak performance. She is a sought after speaker with more than 20 years of experience helping people overcome their fears to take action and get what they want. Barbara is a certified leadership coaching from Harvard University is a certified professional life coach and certified master coach. Incredible bio. Welcome, Barbara. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm so excited to be here, Time, and um, to talk to you and say hi to everybody and, um, nice. you know, tell you a little bit about me and my story and, and um, how I got here to where I am today. So excited amazing thank you for uh being on the show tonight for episode seven uh i'm i'm very grateful to have you tonight and um you know what you're about to bring tonight with your story and what you're doing you know for the community and entrepreneurs and in the business world is is amazing and uh i really look forward to people tuning in and listening in and receiving this love and this education in your story thank you thank you so, i'm excited to be here Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from. Well, I am from New York, or as they say around here, New York. And um, I live in the <laughs> metro. <laughs> I'm downstate near the city. I'm in the metro New York area. And um, I'm sure you'll hear my accent, but I'm hoping it's not too harsh. Uh, I went to school in New England in the States. So we hear it, kind we of, hear it. kind of, you know, peppered. Yeah, you hear it, right? Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm here. I live by the water. Um, I just, I've got, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of coaching these days and these days that's happening from my home office because of COVID. So, um, I spend more time at home, I think than ever before, like most people, but it's a great space and I've designed it so that I'm surrounded by everything I love, which is very helpful. Kind of keeps your spirits up. So. That's awesome. I like that. You know, we got to keep our spirits up. And uh, that's awesome that you're from New York. I was in New York, uh, Manhattan, about probably four summers now doing some music. I was in a con rap contest and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was the first time I was in Times Square. So I was walking around and checking out and uh, very neat. I've never been in such a, um, I guess you can say, metropolitan or big city um and uh very cool it's awesome that you're coming from new york um i think that's really neat and um thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself uh are you ready to dive in i think so i think so yeah. <laughs> right, right. 
We'll see. All right. I think so too. I think so too. All right. So let's do this. So um, okay. what is your story of which brought you a life challenge or struggle? Um, well, you know, you had said at the beginning when you read my bio, um, and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and so forth, and I actually started, um, I left a corporate job to go out and start a business, and I went into sales. And I actually made a lot of money. I made, and it, I have to laugh because I, I've made millions of dollars in sales. And the reason that it just, every time I say it, it sounds absurd is because I came from an upbringing, and this is my story, and I came from an upbringing where I was incredibly introverted and I was really, really shy and had no self-confidence. I, I lived in a house that was filled with drama, that um, it was safer to be invisible. And I was really, really good. I learned early on how to be invisible and how to just kind of stay in the shadows and not be seen. I just felt like that was a safe space for me to be at. I was like the kind of kid where the teachers would say to my mother, you know, she's a nice little girl, but she really needs to come out of her shell. And I remember just to kind of like give you an idea, I, I have this like really strong memory. I have a lot of memories that um, I don't know. I just don't have them. I don't know if I blocked them out or whatever, but I have these few really strong memories. And one in particular comes up a lot. And it's, I was, um, I think I was like five or six years old and I had to go to school late for something. And so, you know, in those days you would just go to like the, the front office and they'd say, okay, go down to your class and, and go back. And I went there and I looked in this little, there was a little glass window in the doorway to the classroom. And I looked in and I saw the other kids doing playing or something. And I was scared to death. I was so scared to walk in that room. And the reason I was scared was because I didn't want, if I knew if I opened the door, people would look, oh, what's happening? Someone's walking in the door. And I was so self-conscious and so didn't want to be seen that I was petrified that somebody might actually turn around and see me and look at me. And it, it was so, so strong. That's just the way I, you know, I operated that I stood outside that door door until, I don't know, it was either the end of the day or they broke for lunch or whatever it was, but it was for hours. I was paralyzed because I didn't want to be seen. So <laughs> when I say like, what did I, you know, what am I doing for a living and so forth? It just seems like unbelievable to me. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. And I grew up, I had like, it wasn't low self-esteem. I had no self-esteem at all. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just, you know, I felt like everybody else was, you know, so great. And I was down below and, um, and being that I grew up in a house that had a lot of drama in it, um, and had a lot of big personalities in it, people with a lot of needs and a lot going on. You know, if you're a person that grows up in that kind of an environment, you tend to sort of shut down your needs and stuff down what you need. And, and for me, and I know this happens for a lot of people too, you become like the peacemaker. You know, you don't, you're never going to mm. bring up anything that could cause any drama. You don't even know how to advocate for your own needs, you know, and, and on those few occasions where someone might say, you know, oh, how are you, you know, are you okay, Barbara? You know, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And, and, you know, of course I wasn't fine, but you just say that because you don't want to create any waves. And the problem with that, not only, you know, the obvious problem for a, a young child, but that stays with you and you don't know how to advocate for yourself. And so um, I grew up just wanting to please everybody. 
and not even knowing what my own needs were, you know, which I think is a common thing for people going through that, that sort of thing. And, um, uh, and it kind of wrecked with me for a long time. Thank you for sharing that, Barbara. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough too, you know, when we're, when we're young and we are going through a family challenge like this and a lot of families can relate, uh, especially the young ones. And, um, you know, when we are built with, uh, built and grown into a environment where it can destroy our self-esteem or our, yeah. you know, our confidence or our, you know, our focusing on that, um, self, you know, authenticness, you know, and, and, and not trying to focus, uh, on ourselves, but really trying to be a people pleaser or whatever the, the, the case may be, um, that could really build and, and build and build as you're getting older into your young, your youth and your young, young adulthood. And that can have some really serious effects, you know, on, on our, on our mental health. And, um, yeah, can you're we right. dive more into that? Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it, it bothers your mental health, but just kind of getting back to the people pleaser thing, because I know there mm -hmm. are a lot of people out there, you know, the nice thing about people that are people pleasers is that they're very empathic and they're always aware of mm. other people's needs and concerns. And that's nice. However, it gets taken to such um, a hyper degree that what happens is, you know, you, you have this sense if someone says, well, you know, what'll make you happy? And then you say, well, I'll be happy when everybody else is happy. You know, as long as everybody's happy, I'm happy. As long as there's the peace, mm. I'm happy. And the problem with that, and I've learned this in coaching also, is that you can get to a point where everybody else is happy, but you're mm. not happy. There's something missing. Like your purpose is missing and your needs are missing, you know? And then all the other issue that people pleasers sometimes run into, and I know I ran into this, it's like, you do so much for everybody. You do so much for everybody. You don't ask for anything in return, but those, those, you know, small occasions where you really need something and you really reach out to people, they don't necessarily, necessarily reciprocate the way that you do. Like they don't give you as much as you give them. And then that causes mm -hmm. resentment. And for me, that caused me to get a little bit like passive aggressive in my relationships you know, which caused some, you know, undercurrents and some problems. And so it was like all this good stuff I was doing was like, you know, coming back to bite me because, you know, I took it to such a, a, a you know, to the nth degree, which was unnecessary. Mm. You know, when you um, now growing up with this in your youth and your young adulthood, did it continue to grow with you? as you're getting into school and, and, you know, getting a higher level of education and maybe in relationships, like you're saying, um, did you, did it continue to grow with you that, 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 um, that self, like, um, you know, always giving everybody else that need, but not being uh, authentic and, and first self-love first. And, um, was there other main emotions and other main feelings that were in factor as well? Like maybe even loneliness, um, or maybe something like anxiety I could have tapped in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as the people pleaser, definitely, you know, I went to, you know, when I, I finished high school and it was time to go to college, I went to where everybody wanted me to go. You know, I studied what everybody thought I should study, you know, and, um, and my real, I had relationships with people, you know, that they thought I should have relationships and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And, you know, you and I have talked about this. It took me decades 
later to figure out who I was authentically. You know, I got mm. to a point in my life where um, I thought, well, what do I want? What's going to make me happy? And I got really sad thinking about that because I had no idea what would make me happy because I, I didn't even know who I was authentically. You know, you talk about where's your passion, where's your purpose? I had no idea and I did not know where to start. It took me a long time of some, you know, self-reflection and really starting to reach out and learn how to advocate for myself and practice taking care of me to really get to that point mm -hmm. to understand who I was and have the courage to speak out and say no, you know, to things that other people wanted me to do. Mm. that's that's really the first step mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing how sometimes the first step um is just reaching out and, and speaking out but that same step has a lot of fear built back with it and it is a big step you know it's a big step to get out of that comfort zone you know or that feeling that you're going through and um sometimes you know people may think oh it's just easy as reaching out to somebody and sharing but it's not that easy. You know, right. everyone is different. Everyone deals with their emotions differently, you know, and everyone has a way of um, trying to process who they truly are. And, um, you know, it's amazing that um, when we don't really focus on ourself in such a positive and loving self-love way, um, and, and, and we're always being that people pleaser, always constantly, you know, putting everyone else first, um, in that perspective, um, it can really destroy, like you're right, our self-esteem. It could really destroy our confidence, um, you know, and which affects a lot of things down the road when it comes to, you know, work opportunities, relationships, friendships. Like, did you find um, as you're getting older, before you started reaching for help, did you find at a certain point where you like you noticed even like your friendships or like, um, you know, um, were let's say friendships, um, colleagues, it was very difficult to sustain like healthy relationships during, during that time. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that and say, first of all, like growing up as like a teenager, um, I, I wouldn't, my, my friends, I had some great friends. They had no idea what I was going through at home. Not a clue. I mean, I've, I, and, mm -hmm. and some of them I'm still good friends with, although, you know, we sort of parted ways and then came back. Um, and I think mm -hmm. I'm starting for the first time to kind of let them into that. But, you know, as a teenager, like you just, you, you couldn't bring that stuff. You, you know, that was, that was something I was ashamed of. You know, that's the other thing you start getting like shame, you know, of what's going on at home. Um, and it wrecks with who you see yourself as, you know, because you're carrying all of this. And, um, and it's funny, I was thinking, you know, there was so much drama going, going on that I was so fascinated by those kids that seemed very stoic, you know, or they'd, you'd, you'd go to some kind of an event and their families would be there and, you know, some of them would never even smile, but it was like, they mm. didn't have a lot of emotion, which, you know, now if you look, you go, oh, you know, I feel sad for them. But at, back then I was so fascinated and I thought, oh, well, you know, when it's time to go out with someone trying to date somebody, those are the kinds of people I want to be with because I just wanted, I just didn't want any emotion. I wanted nothing, you know, I just wanted like mm. freedom from all of the emotion and so forth. So, um, 
you know, I've gotten over that, but, um, but that's, you know, that's just what I was like, I, I was craving. And I think that's kind of sort of, when I think about where I am now, when I think about helping people and mentoring and coaching and, and, um, you know, when I had a business and sales and my customers and so forth, I think that was like where I first remember starting to have this like fascination with how humans operate and what motivates people and their behaviors and so forth. So and kind of looking back, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you know, everything that we go through that seems so challenging and so unbelievably um, crushing, there's always some gifts in there, right? Mm -hmm. Always. Um, but then as, as I started to become an adult, I still carried that people pleaser. And this is what happens to, you know, people like me um, is that with your friends, or even the person that you're in a relationship with, a romantic relationship, you tend to try to mold yourself to be what they're looking for, you know, to be the kind of friend mm -hmm. that they want, to be the right. kind of partner that this person wants. And that all just kind of adds to um, all these heavy duty layers on top of you that is hiding your authentic self. Mm. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, I find that um, like those layers and it's this pressure, you know, and 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 trying to um, almost a force, you know, if you don't if you don't start with your heart first and, and, and really, you know, doing what you want to do um, from the bottom of your heart and, and love what you do and love the people around you in a way um, it can create those layers. It can create pressure. Um, it create can create a lot of anxiety, which could lead to a lot of, you know, maybe it's. um choices that you've made that you really didn't want to make or decisions mm -hmm. that you had to make that you didn't really yeah. want to make um I, you know could be with business go ahead yeah no it's even the anxiety of, of just always wanting to be that that person that they're looking for and that you you need to be you know so th there's that anxiety mm -hmm. and there's also that shame you know which i mm -hmm. Here, the interesting thing that I've learned over the years is that, unfortunately, most of us operate and decide what we're going to do in a given day or not do motivated by these negative emotions like shame, like fear, like stress, anxiety, all of these kinds of things. You know, we tend to be fear is a big one. I, I, I it's everywhere. We are afraid of everything. You know, it's we're afraid we're not going to be good enough. We're afraid. We're going to run out of toilet paper. We're afraid, you know, in a pandemic. <laughs> uh, you know, think about, think about the We're afraid of just us. being us. Just afraid <laughs> of right. being you, you know, like we're, yeah. just even afraid of being yourself. Right. We're afraid we're, we're afraid we're not going to have enough money. We're afraid we're going to get sick. We're afraid of growing old. We're afraid of dying young. Mm -hmm. We're afraid that our kids aren't going to get into, you know, the right schools or get the good, you know, right grades, you know, afraid we're, you know, what, we're not going to find somebody who's going to love us, all of these different things. And there's an easier way to live that that requires so much energy living from these negative emotions, you know? So, um, becoming mm. aware of that has been really, really powerful in quieting those negative nice. thoughts and that, that feeling that you're not good enough and feeling that, you know, you, other people matter more than you do. You know, that's been really, really impactful. When um, you started being really aware and reaching out for that help and really started focusing on yourself in that point in life, transitioning out of that, that negative environment, transitioning out of, um, you know, just giving yourself um, and not providing um, that self-love first and, and being authentic. 
Um, did you, well, well, um, what did you do to keep yourself healthy? What were things during that healing process where you were aware and you're like, okay, what, what are some, you know, a couple of things that you started really focusing on that really started making a better impact in your life? Yeah. Well, I had a few outlets that helped me. Mm. Um, and one of the things was, um, I got involved in theater and acting. And I think I did it at the time oh, because, cool. yeah, because I was just like, I didn't want to be who I was and I didn't want to be in my situation. I wanted to be somebody else. And I was always, always like observing everybody and, you know, what, what are they doing and how are they surviving? And I think that helped me in acting. It helped me embody and helped me get certain parts if I was, you know, auditioning for and so forth. Um, and becoming mm -hmm. someone else, I could be less of an introvert. So it gave me mm. the practice and the skills to start moving a little bit away from the shadows, you know? Mm. Um, and I mean, ultimately I made a living at speaking in public. So there was something, you yeah. know, so it's funny how, you know, you travel down these roads. So that was, that was a right. big thing for me. Um, and I, that was probably, you know, the, the best, the health, most healthy outlet that I had at the time. I had some unhealthy outlets too. I used food to medicate quite a bit, mm. you know, just to quiet things down. I would go down even, you know, uh, when I was young, I would, I would go downstairs to the kitchen because it was quieter down. I didn't want to be upstairs where there was some yelling and screaming going on. I wanted to go downstairs. Well, what am I going to do? Oh, well, there's a refrigerator. Okay. So then I'd mm. eat something and I'd be, you know, thinking and tasting and it was almost like a little of a meditative state. And, um, mm you know, ultimately that didn't really serve me as best as it, you know, um, cause that was not a necessarily a healthy outlet. So I had to come to terms with that. But, um, but really I, I think taking an acting class for anybody, you don't have to want to be an actor or an actress, um, to really benefit from, from taking an active, an acting class. You know, I, I made a career in sales. I work with a lot of business owners who ultimately have to sell. You know, people don't mm -hmm. realize that they get a great idea. Um, they start a business. They don't realize if you're in business, you're in the business of selling. But everything is sales, really. You know, you have to mm -hmm. want to sell an idea. You want to go on vacation with some friends. You might have to sell them the idea of going on vacation. You know, if you've got kids, you really have to sell them on things, you know, sell <laughs> them on making their bed. It's, but it's everywhere. And so... Um, that acting class, or if anyone gets involved in doing acting, you know that you um, start learning these skills of being aware of others. And that helps you ultimately mm. in so many different ways, so many different ways. So that was a really good thing for me. That's really cool. I've, you know, that's, that's the first time I've heard that type of perspective, you know, to, uh, to try acting as an outlet to, focus on learning that like different parts of being something else but at the same time showing you and being aware of who you are you know stepping outside of that even that norm and um i like that you chose like an art or uh, an artistic very creative channel i find that um sometimes um well for me for instance like if i'm going through something troubling um you know if i'm going through depression or anxiety um, you know, one of my main channels is to focus with music, you know, and that's a channel that I think is um, very helpful for me.
Um, it creates balance. It lets me release through songwriting. It lets me release through creating music, you know, and, and, and to something like acting and drama, something where you're performing and you're, you're in this, like almost this different um, state, um, you know, that's not your uh, reality. You know, I find that sometimes actually brings connection. It releases and then it creates awareness um, and healing, you know, and, and so that's really cool. I think that's awesome that you did that. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Going even, yeah. Um, So going even further, um, when you started kind of um, turning over to that other side where you started really um, feeling more you, that fullness of you, you started really feeling that um, authenticness. And, you know, like you said, you started saying no. Um, You started um, turning onto that other side, that, that true you. Um, which was, you know, did you notice that it was really taking a um, a takeoff in your in your in your career? Did you notice it started really um, building healthier relationships, whether it was your friends or your family? Um, you know, were you? How did you um, embrace your surroundings in a positive way during that time? Yeah, well, I had to take a risk, mm. um, and the risk was <clears throat> that other people would get annoyed with me or, or be less than excited, you know, like I, like right. for me, I left, it started, um, when I left like a really good corporate job, uh, that I had to go to take a leap and just, you know, leave that and go into sales. And the reason I did it was because I had two little girls at the time. And the only thing I knew in my life, cause nobody really had expect parents didn't have any expectations for me. They're like, Oh, you know, Back then it was like, get married, have kids, whatever, you know, but okay. Mm. Um, but I had expectations of you, but they didn't really. But, um, but I knew that I wanted to be a parent. I knew that I wanted to create some type of a family and have a nice home and um, just have create like a, a sanctuary for them and so forth. So I had these two girls, these two little girls, and I had this job that was um, pretty great but it was requiring more and more time and I had to travel and so forth. And I thought, you know what? There's so many good things here, but my main purpose, I knew the one thing I wanted to do. The only thing I knew was that I wanted to be a good mother and I did not want someone else to raise my children. Um, So I left that job and people told Mm -hmm. me I would starve. They said, you're never going to be good in sales. And I believed them because I was like, nobody ever listened to me. No, you know, I'm not, who am I? I'm not an influencer, you know? And, um, but I had a strong why. And sometimes that's mm. what you need in order to make a change. You need something that is really, really meaningful for you and drives you, you know, and I even, mm. you know, and I, you know, I talk to a lot of people about that. It's like, if you don't have a strong why, spend some time in contemplation, really peel back the layers of, you know, where you're on, where you are and, um, and what you know for sure and start there. And the one thing I knew for sure was that I wanted to, to, um, be there to be present for my children. So, so I went into sales and I had this, um, you know, like crazy idea that salespeople were these like tricky people who manipulated everybody into doing things they didn't want to do, you know, like the stereotypical thing, uh, which there are some people like that, but that's a small majority. Most professional salespeople Mm -hmm. are a whole lot better than that. So, That was the first thing I did. I did something that not everybody agreed with me doing. And that was a big thing because the jobs I took, I even did what everybody told me I should do. My parents, my family, everyone take this job. Okay. Okay. 
So that was the first thing that I did. But what happens sometimes when you start behaving differently and advocating for yourself, and I did experience this, is that other people now who are used to you being a certain way, they don't know how to deal with you. You know, they're like, what, what is, what do you mean? What, what do you mean you're doing right, this? Right, yeah. And sometimes people will resent you mm-hmm. for doing for yourself, you know. And or, judge, they, or judge. Yeah. They might, there might be a little bit of rumbling in there, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like what do you mean? You know, and um, what do you mean I, I, you know, I have to make my own dinner or whatever the case may be. What do you mean that, you know, you're not going to do uh, my share of the work at the workplace or whatever it is that you're doing for other people. And so that can create a little bit of a rift and that might make you feel uncomfortable, you know, um, but it doesn't mean it's, it's not worth it. It's always worth it. You know? So when, when we do something differently, it's going to feel uncomfortable for us and sometimes for the people around us, but you know what happens? That, goes away. And the more that you do it, the more that you do this new behavior. And for me, it was, you know, doing what I needed to do for me, for the big picture. The more you do it, the more it becomes comfortable. It becomes your go-to and other people learn how to adapt, you know, and sometimes they respect you more for it. Most of the time they do. And if they don't, they, you know what, then maybe it's time to evaluate that relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Well said. I really like that you um, emphasized on what your why is. And I think it's so important in our life, you know, whether it's in our entrepreneurship business, whether it's in our career, a job, whether you're in school, where you know you're going into university or college or whatever you choose to do online nowadays for uh, online education. You know, tapping into what your why is. What do you love? What's your passion? Why do you want to do what you want to do? And I think focusing on that first creates um, wonders and ideas. It creates opportunity in your mind and your conscience is connecting with, you know, the, the frontal lobe and the reality that you're in, the current state that you're in. And um, I think that's amazing that you put that story into perspective that way, starting with your why. And, um, you know, having a reasoning for your kids, you know, that that's that's special. You know, you want to support your two children and to have that as a goal, a purpose and a why um, to drive to be um, your true self and to, uh, you know, your mission is to accomplish, you know, your, your career path and and make those choices uh, to help others, you know, and their career is amazing, you know, Um that's that was really well said. I love that. I think people listening and tuning in can uh, can relate to that on a on a business and sales level because when you mentioned too in sales, you know there are a lot of wolves in the sales industry. Um, you know I've came across a lot of wolves in my lifetime, and um, you know at the end of the day, though there are uh, people that are in sales, and you're right, most of them do have a heart, you know, and they're just trying to make a living, you know, they're in the way. And, and I find with, uh, with sales too, if, if, um, if they're being their authentic self, I find being, uh, if you're in a sales and you're exactly. being your authentic self, you're going to sell better and you're going to probably sell a lot more than some other salesperson who isn't being their authentic self. Um, yeah. Because I find with clients and customers, people really will buy based on the person's humbleness, the genuine uh, trust within that product or service that they're selling. 
And um, I find that um, that is a really big, um, how do I say this? Just a big, um, big opportunity, you know, for, for people in sales to start with their authentic self. You'll do, you'll, you'll do a lot more. Yeah. And you know what? Well, I think the thing is you can look at it like you're selling or you're serving. You know, and I think that's mm. what helped me because, you know, having that almost that peacemakers, you know, kind of mindset really helped me in sales because I always look to serve and I always look to what's best for this person that I want to do business with, you know, and, and uh, if my clients is always at what's best to serve. And, you know, these days, actually, I think it's noteworthy to mention that um, there are a lot of people now who have to pivot their work or they may have been let go or furloughed, you know, because of this pandemic, there's a lot of people now who are in a job search. And when you're doing a job search, you're selling, but you're selling yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. and even there you're looking at serving because there, you know, there are people that um, I've worked with that are, they go for interviews and um, they go in there with the attitude of like, you know, well, I'm going to go in there and tell them, you know, why I want this job mm -hmm. where the attitude the perspective of serving is, well, no, why don't you go in there and tell them why they would benefit from hiring you? Mm. You know, why they should, not why you want this, why they should want you. So it's that whole serving, you know, uh, versus selling perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I think serving is super important. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is awesome. Uh, I really like this. I like this perspective connecting with your story here. I want to dive a little bit even deeper now and ask, you did mention that you left that one job where you had colleagues and people say, Oh, you know, it's going to be hard. <laughs> um, but if that was the one thing, or maybe there was something else, um, what was the hardest thing to let go of to help push yourself forward when you recognize that you needed to start with you more? that awareness came and you started transitioning into um, where you wanted to go? Um, I had to let go, I think, of, um, well, I had to let go of a lot of things, actually. Um, a lot of negative feelings and emotions mm -hmm. and, um, and fears. Fear is mm -hmm. a big thing. You know, I had to let go of fear, fear of failure. Mm -hmm. um, which is something that, you know, I think a lot of us have had experience with that. We don't take action on something because we're afraid it's not going to work or it might not work. And so, um, you know, in that I had to play out, okay, well, what's the worst case scenario that could happen here? Um, okay. It doesn't work out. Okay. Um, I'll figure out a way I'll have to go on public assistance, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and, you know, and then recoup and start over, um, you know, and, and having to get rid of the negative feelings of like, I don't think I'm, I'm good enough to do this. You know, I don't think anybody's going to want to do business with me. You know, I'm not as smart as everybody else. I'm not as adept at, you know, um, moving people in a certain direction as other people are. Um, you know, I, you know, maybe I'm not as pretty as somebody else they want to do business with. All these kinds of like negative thoughts, this judge, this judge, this internal judge. Mm -hmm. I had to kind of quiet that down and sort of <laughs> in my own head, fake it till I made it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> the one, the one thing that I've learned is that 
you don't need confidence to do something. If you're waiting till you feel confident enough to do something, don't wait. Confidence comes from actually taking the action. Mm. So it's not before we think it's before I'm going to learn some more or I'll practice or I'll, you know, redo my resume till I feel like it's good enough. And so, no, no, you do it. And then you get the confidence. That's, that's the interesting thing that I've learned. And I had to kind of get over that pretty quickly. Thank you for sharing that. Um, love that perspective. That's a great answer, you know, and, um, I think um, it's super important to take that step back, you know, as humans in our work field, in our relationships, friendships, sometimes we just need to take a step back and reflect and think, okay, where do I want to go? Am I doing what I need to do to get where I want to be? You know, what is my why? Um, and sometimes just um, taking a little bit of a, an ease in that and get rid, rid of, you're right, get rid of that, um, that self-judgment inside our head and that fear. And sometimes being a little bit fearless and, and, yeah. and pushing forward, you know, just pushing forward, taking action, sometimes taking action and actually just doing and failing, you know, sometimes creates success. It does create success, actually. I shouldn't say sometimes, you know, failures create success, you know, and, and experience and going through what we go through in our, in our upbringing and, and, and our young adulthood to where we are. And when you find that, when you find that feeling, when you find that, that purpose and that why inside of you, no matter what our story was or the experience you went through, you know, good or bad, it all brought you to that one moment in life where it hits you and you're like, okay, I know my mission. I know my purpose. I know why I'm doing what I want to do. Um, thank you. That's amazing. Um, you know, I love that you shared that, especially having like a sales background too, because it's very dynamic and, you know, um, people I find, um, sometimes don't realize that sales is a very dynamic, uh, field, you know, and, you know, we're all human and equally we feel emotions equally. We feel environment and factors the same way. And, you know, um, sales is a tough industry, you know, and, and it does affect people a lot, you know, mentally and emotionally because it's a cutthroat environment, but it isn't as cutthroat. I would, I would, I guess my opinion or my perspective is I wouldn't think it's as cutthroat if you're servicing, you're focusing on that servicing, you're focusing on your you and your why. Exactly. And you're putting that type of energy and that love out there. Then that doesn't feel cutthroat. That feels like a movement. That feels like, okay, I'm building something and people are drawn to me. I feel like that's a whole nother way to look at it, you know? Yes. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, my, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? You just said it. People will be drawn to you. People be drawn. The sales are everywhere. Mm. If anybody goes to like, if you go to church, you know, the, the pastor or the priest, they're selling you the gospel. Everybody's selling something. It's really just, you're transferring something that you feel passionate about. You're trying to transfer that passion to someone else and get them to understand mm -hmm. the passion that you feel. That's all it really is. But, but it takes courage, you know? Um, and, the, and the truth. If so, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you What's know, the truth? I, what, <laughs> the truth is that you don't need a lot of courage to do anything. You really don't. You need maybe about 10 seconds of courage 
You know, when I was, you know, five years old, all I needed was like maybe two seconds of courage just to open that door and go in, you know, <laughs> um, if you're going, if you want to reach out to somebody, you know, you can write the email, but you only really need the courage when it's time to press send, you know, right. or the courage just to pick up the phone and start dialing. Once you start dialing, you're already into it. Once you speak out to mm. someone, you're already, once you get the courage to say, I love you. And you get the word I out. You're already on your way. So you only really need like mm -hmm. a, a really short, mm -hmm. really short runway of courage. And if you can't muster up the courage, but you want something to happen, then do it scared. Mm -hmm. Do it scared. You know, and I find like, you know, if we take small actions, sometimes we can just take small actions and they will create small impacts but those small impacts and small actions build quickly into big right. actions and That's big true. impacts you know and uh, the more you're doing it the more you practice the more you focus um it creates opportunity it creates success you know and and and, and in the long term it could create prosperity you know right. and at the end of the day we want love happiness prosperity you know we want to feel free we want to have that freedom that feeling of freedom that fulfillment and um I have one question here. So if so, what would you do differently to overcome what you went through? Well, that's a very good question because I was young. So I don't know that I would have known, knowing what I know now mm -hmm. and being able to go back. Um, mm. I would have been more aware of my internal judge you know the mm. one that said you know you know people aren't going to like you as much you're not going to be as you're not as smart as they are you can't really be a leader or any any mm. of these things because um we all have that internal judge and most of the things that we tell ourselves are not true they're lies um, and not to get too like neuroscience nerdy, but there is a part <laughs> of our brain, <laughs> there's a mm -hmm. part of our primitive brain that still stays with us. And just to kind of keep it really simple, that we're sort of wired to look for these kinds of negative things. Um, but our world and our cultures these days are so laden with negative images and negative mm -hmm. news and things on the internet that our brain is like on hyper negative. You know, and so, yeah. and so Negative it's just biased. like a go-to. Yeah. So if you hear something, if you, if you kind of feel like something negative about yourself or about your circumstances, um, or even about someone else, because we make judgments about other people too, is that, you know, be aware of that. If you hear that, just say, oh, there's that judge again. Right. You know, um, you know, mm. the judge says, you know, well, you're not, you can't get up on stage and, and speak. No one's going to want to hear you speak. You know, I say, you know, if I hear that voice, I say, oh, there's that judge. Okay. I know I can get up there and speak. The judge might not think I can't speak. I know I can speak. I know I can do this, you know? Um, so being mm -hmm. aware that that's just some, something, you know, that's not really me. That would have helped a great deal. Other than that, I would say we all learn from these things, even, the most devastating mm -hmm. circumstances, there are some gifts or opportunities to learn or, or to do things different or to get inspired in a different way. So um, I don't know that I would want to change much because um, mm -hmm. 
it's helped me get to this point and, and to a place in my life where I'm surrounded by everything I love and engaged in something passionate that um, makes me want to jump out of bed in the morning. So don't know if I would be there had it not been for that experience. You know what? That's incredible. And I find that having um, a lot of my past guests on the show and yourself and, you know, I'm starting to really see that, you know, at the end of the day, like everything that we go through in our experience, everything that we go in our life, you know, it creates that opportunity where we are today. And if you have that awareness and that reflection connecting, um, you know, like you said, you know, with your heart and where you want to go with that, why um, it creates so much opportunity. Um, and I love that you found your authentic self and I, and and I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. You're doing so good, you you know, with your, with your, your business. And, and I want to dive into your entrepreneurship actually a little bit now and, and a little bit what you're doing today. So what is Barbara doing today and how are you servicing, um, the people in your community? Well, I am helping people find their purpose, actually, because there are a lot of people that are are not right, you know, not really sure. And um, a lot of what I do with people, you know, right off the bat is help them get clarity. So we live in this Mm. really, you know, like fast paced world and neuroscientists say that we have anywhere between 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts in a given day. Can you believe that? It's true. So it's noisy inside. I think I'm double that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I overthink. So I I think I'm about 300,000 thoughts a day. (laughs) That could be. be. Well, thankfully you practice like meditation and mindfulness. So so that's good. But, uh, but Mm -hmm. we got to quiet down the noise. And so Mm -hmm. um, getting some clarity on really where you're at and where you want to be is the first step to really knowing how to get there. Mm. is a big thing. And then um, I am very involved in something called positive intelligence, which Mm -hmm. is really um, at the heart of it is your ability to turn every challenge into something positive and to uh, maneuver through this journey of our life, not feeling like, oh my gosh, this is you know, life is terrible and it's full of these like negative things and, and these um, you know, dangerous circumstances and obstacles and people who are going to get in our way and things, but to turn your perspective to looking at life as a really great adventure. And you can do that, but sometimes you need to open up your perspective and get help to do that. And so we use this, um, uh, we call it mental fitness, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it really gives it. We call it mental fitness, and so the idea is this: if you think about it, this right, because um, we're always used to talk about physical fitness and and building muscles. Um, if you had to run up a hill, you know, to get over a hill or climb a mountain, if you're not physically fit, you're gonna feel some physical pain. Mm-hmm. Well, to deal with today's challenges and uncertainty, you've got to be mentally fit. Otherwise, you're mm-hmm. going to feel mentally drained. And that mm-hmm. comes into, and you're going to feel mental stress. And that's you know, where the anxiety comes in and, and depression and sleeplessness and, you know, all of that. So we, um, I teach people these little exercises to shift their brain and rewire your brain, which is what you can do. Guess what? You can mm-hmm. teach an old dog new tricks um, mm-hmm. to, to shift so that when something, you know, comes at you that you don't expect or you're not really excited about, um, that, you know, you do know how to engage in a space that 
requires less negative energy, is more inspiring, and puts you into peak performance in your life, whether that's wow. business or otherwise. So, and it's really cool and it's fun. Mm -hmm. That um, is really cool. I love that perspective um, on how you help people like rewiring our uh, our negative thoughts to to positive outcomes. Um, I think yeah. the world can really use that, and especially in like healthcare and the business entrepreneurship world, right? Because we're faced with so much uh, negative factors and environmental factors that, that affect our work every day. And, um, you know, you, you did say it too, like if you're not taking care of our brain and our mental health, you know, it, it does create, you know, depression, anxiety, and it is mental fitness. It totally is. Um, so, Basically, we need to train our brains to climb up that hill. <laughs> we need to train it, you know, in the simplest way. Um, yeah. No, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so for anyone uh, that's listening in and tuning in um, that wants to connect with Barbara, um, you know, Barbara is an amazing entrepreneur. Um, she is a business coach and a business leader. And if you have Instagram... You can go check out Barbara here at, let's see here. Here we go. So we got Big Dreams Executive Coaching at Instagram. Everyone that's listening and tuning in and also watching the uh, the recap video um, on our YouTube channel here, Big Dreams Executive Coaching. It's a very positive, um, very awesome like mentorship, uh, um, you know, coaching and leadership all it has the nice branding it's beautiful you can see the work that you're doing you can see the success and testimonials um you know people that need some help and support um because i find right now in the world um entrepreneurship and the online business is really starting to take off especially in the world we're facing in today and if you're not mentally fit if you are not mentally ready if you are facing with um struggles to even transition from losing your job and trying to find you know, that mm. online uh, business and find something that you want to provide a service, but you're mentally not there. Barbara is your connection. And um, so please reach out to Barbara. Uh, Barbara, do you have any other social uh, channels um, that um, people listening might be interested in checking out as well and, and, and a website? Yeah. And you know what? You, you mentioned Instagram. Uh, just to kind of let people know that next week, December 1st, um, so if you're watching this in real time, um, I'm hosting a masterclass in positive intelligence. So if anybody wants to, to, you know, kind of dip their, their foot in the pool and really, you know, learn more about what they can do to, uh, live in peak performance and happier, the link for the masterclass is in my bio at big dream executive coaching on Instagram. And it, the class is free. But because it's going to be interactive, we have somewhat limited spots. So if anybody wants to, I would go on there, go on Instagram, Big Dream Executive Coaching, and, and click on the bio to reserve your spot. Um, you know, if you're not watching this in real time, or actually even if you are, um, at my website, BigDreamExecutiveCoaching.com, uh, for your the people that are watching this or people that are listening to this, you can get a free coaching session. So if you feel like you need a little clarity, you know, if you're, we're going into a new year, you're not really sure how to go, um, in what direction to go, or you're feeling stuck, or you're just feeling like something's not happening for you. 
definitely take advantage of that. Um, I don't know how much into 2021 we're going to be offering that, but it's available right now. So you can get your free discovery coaching session. Um, and um, yeah, that's it. Um, Amazing. I am on so just to also. confirm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. LinkedIn. Um, I was before we even get into LinkedIn, um, just to confirm. So December 1st is the masterclass. Yes. And it's at so um, I got a, seven o'clock Eastern Standard nice. Time in the US Eastern Standard Time. Awesome, awesome. So I just threw it here on, on our on our on our broadcast here. Masterclass, December 1st. We got big dream executive coaching.com. Um, entrepreneurs, business people out there that are tuning in, listening in, or maybe someone that lost their job and they want to tap into this, please reach out. Um, Barbara's offering these services for free. Um, Barbara, you're an amazing person. And, um, thank you. It's so nice to connect with you and be able to hear your story and the way how you, you know, you baby were able to tap into your awareness and your self love and start with you and have a why, you know, and I find it so important in life to have a why because if you live your whole life with no why, um, you know, what's life without living? you know, with, with, a, without a why, like, what are you, like, what's your purpose? You know, you, how are you like going about your day with no purpose, no mission? Right. Um, and you know what? So I just want to, I love that you tapped say, into that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I think you have a little time like, but just, um, just go ahead, quick, go if, ahead. if, any, if anybody <laughs> is hearing this right now and you don't have a why don't, don't, that's okay. If you, I have a quick hack that you can find your purpose um, so please reach out to me. I, you know, I'm very aware, um, that there are people struggling right now and, um, I don't want anyone to think that, oh, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know where I should be or what I'm doing. And, and I don't want that to, you know, make them go deeper down the rabbit hole there. You, everybody has value. Everybody can bring their gifts. Even if you don't know what they are, you have them. Everybody can bring them into this world. So reach out. I'll give you a quick hack. Um, you know, or I could even, you know what, um, teammate, I can send it to you if you want to like pop it up on your social media platforms sure. that people yeah. can use and you fill it in and it's really powerful and easy to do. So. Amazing. Yeah. What we'll do is on the recap video. Um, so people tuning in, listening in, uh, when we do our hashtag stories of healing podcast, our live stream here on, on Facebook through our, uh, stream broadcast, um, we have this running through the Facebook, uh, live stream, but then, um, tomorrow or the following day within that 24 hour timeline, I really like to get that recap video out there so people can, okay. um, can listen in, can tune in, can share and connect. And in that description, I will um, get that information from you so we can get uh business, um, uh, inspired people that want to connect and want to get that hack, want to rise up and move up in the business world and get that mental fitness. I think mental fitness is so important and not just for business, but for our everyday life. Everything. everything. So I love Parenting, that. Come showing up in relationships, mm. you know, the right way. So, um, yeah, it yeah. really transcends everything. It's fantastic. Really. So incredible, incredible. Well, thank you everyone, uh, for tuning in to hashtag stories of healing podcast. Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time this Wednesday evening coming from New York, um, you know, and uh, I appreciate you. I'm grateful and I'm so happy that people get to listen in and hear more about you and more about how you can help them in, in, in business and coaching. Um, is there anything you want to say to close up shop today? 
Um, just something that I, I, people around me hear this all the I mean, time. Last inspiring words. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that, um, <laughs> I heard somebody say this once and it really sums up everything I've learned about people. And that is that, and I want everybody to hear this because this pertains to everybody. My message to you is this, you are more mm -hmm. powerful than you think you are. So act accordingly. Amazing. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, everyone listening in. And tune in tomorrow for our recap video at the Team May YouTube channel. And we're going to circulate through Barbara's socials as well. Big Dream Executive Coaching. She's on LinkedIn. Please reach out and bigdreamexecutivecoaching.com. Thank you, Barbara. You're incredible. Your story is amazing. Thank you. And I am so I'm excited to hear more about how you are going to help your uh, community in the business world. Thanks, Timmy. Have a good night. Thanks, you too.